The Blaze Radio Network, on demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining me. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. I hope you've had a, a really nice week. Um, I know um, over here it's been really nice. The weather has been amazing. Um, to show you how amazing it's actually been, in certain parts of the country, in Ireland this week, we had um, a 30-degree day, um, which is hasn't happened in like 15 years or something, they're saying. Um, it's such a rare, rare, rare occurrence. And I don't know if you find that maybe, maybe this is unique to Ireland because our weather kind of sucks most of the time, but um, when the weather's good, automatically people are just more happy. Their mood is better, they're, they're more positive, they're more outgoing. Um, maybe you don't have that in the States too much because you have a lot better of a climate than we do. But over here, when we, it's weather is good, just for me, um, when the weather's good, I'm always that bit happier. The world is on fire, which it's, we're going to get to that in a minute. But you know, it's I've got a smile on my face a bit more, which it's it's a nice feeling to have. I have a lot to discuss with you today, and I want to get through as much of it as we can. But before we get to... Um, the horrific attacks that happened last week in uh, Boutin Rouge um, where another three policemen were were assassinated um, were murdered in cold blood I want to take a a minute to just take a sidestep just to thank everyone I didn't get a chance to to promote this on last week's podcast because I pre-record things Um, but last Friday, um, three people came together, myself, um, and I worked with um, a contributor with The Blaze called Mary Ramirez, and I worked with a person who I've done a lot of work with in the past, um, my brother Andrew Chavarria. He was on the show maybe a month ago, you can go check him out. Um, he is a combat vet, he is uh, a millennium, millennium. I can never say that word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, and he's very active in a, in America. He has his own show, which you can listen to. Uh, if you go to the intersectionradioshow.com, you'll find all his details. But last Friday, last Wednesday, um, Anonymous put out a video saying, um, we're calling for a day of rage this Friday. And just on a, on a personal level I'm getting sick of put, pointing the finger at other people uh, and I'm getting sick of me doing it and I'm getting sick of other people doing it where we automatically look to the politicians, we look to the leaders we look to the pastors we look to everyone, politicians we look to the people who are running for president and running for office to, to be the solution and one thing I'm trying to do and I don't know how successful or a failure I'll be 
um, I'm not going to tell anyone else what to do or point a finger at anyone else. I'm going to do it myself. Um, so when we saw this, I got this. I was upset by it, and I went, "What is rage going to cure?" Um, even though they in the video they said they wanted peaceful process and they wanted people peaceful protests. Um, when you call for a day of rage, you don't think peace. Um, it leads you to a day of anger and resentment and hate and that isn't going to solve anything in America or the world today so I immediately got on to um, I said we need to counter this got on to my brother Andrew got on to Mary um, Mary's wonderful I hope to one day bring her on this show um, she's a contributor for the Blaze she's also a contributor with the Chris Salcedo show my Blaze brother on a Saturday check him out and uh, I was like we need to counter this so we got we got to work straight away, and we issued a press release. And if you don't follow me on Twitter or if you don't follow me on Facebook, um, please get in touch uh, so you can see things like this because we're going to be doing a lot more movements like this. But it was a success, and we did a me me switch could be used any day with the hashtag Day of Love. Um, we called for last Friday to be the Day of Love, but it can be any day. This is a movement that was specific for one day, but we everything we did in like the memes, um, the profile pictures, which I'm still using. If you go onto at Freedom Disciple or if you go onto Facebook Freedoms Disciple, you'll see them. Um, only one of them is marked with the day, so they can be used today. They can be used any day down the road. The 25 memes that we did for with scripture verses, trying to give you hope and encouragement, um, they're not dated it's day of love and all lives matter they can be used any time and what we wanted to do was to counter the narrative I say this all the time and it's not because I'm trying to you know, say the easy thing or to say the popular thing It's I say it because I mean it it's Alexis de Tocqueville's quote and I finish every show by saying it America is good because of your people if you were to survive this battle if you were to overcome this tyranny it won't be because you elected the right people into office at the right time that might help that might be important but it won't save you America has always been a country based around your people and your greatness the reason you are exceptional is because of your people last Friday on 48 hours notice myself and Andrew and Mary came together worked hard and it might seem like nothing to you but it got we got a day of love trending se- or day of love trending several times on Twitter to counter the narrative that wasn't us that was each and every one of you to anyone who got involved changed their profile picture shared the memes did the fast said extra prayers read extra scriptures to counter the narrative to pray harder thank you from the bottom of my heart but that was one day we have a potential exciting project coming up which I can't wait to tell you about I'm hoping to be able to tell you about it next week because I think people need to counter the narrative online I don't know if you how active you are online on social media but the hate is astronomical the 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 and I'm going to say it because I, I don't normally insult people the ignorance is incredible 
I got into a Twitter debate with someone last Saturday, and I quote, because I, I'm a Christian and I talk about Christian beliefs quite a bit, you might have seen a trend with that, what, what I do. But and I quote, it's getting harder and harder to distinguish between people like you and ISIS. I don't know how to talk to that person. I, I pretty much stopped after that because if you're comparing me to ISIS or Christians, forget me, Christians to ISIS, you are clearly very ignorant or have serious problems. But the hate, how do you solve that hate? How do you solve that hate? It isn't by an election result. It isn't by, by the media saying, oh, well, you know, if the mainstream media was just more honest, it would help. It would be a help, but it wouldn't solve it. We are so far past planting seeds. The hate seeds have been planted a long time ago. All people are doing right now is watering them and letting them grow. And it's festering. And it's festering in everyone from the left to the right and everyone in between. Frustration is growing. Hatred is growing. Anger is growing. You know, it's so sad when I sit back and I look at the world and I see all the things we should be hopeful about. Like the, the technology. Just, just focus in on one part. The technology is something that we have today that we didn't have in the past. And it empowers us so much. And again, I don't make I hate talking about myself, but just look at me as an example. Eight short years ago, six short years ago probably, I couldn't have done this show with the technology that was available. You have so many things to be thankful for. But we are not using them in a right way. The stuff I see online. I saw this thing, and I don't want to get off on this because this is a side thing. But I saw yeah, this, this contest online where, and I don't know how people get involved or how you vote, I, and I really don't care. But it's like the 20th the hottest conservative chicks out there. That's what you're using online for? conservatism is now about hotness and when they say hotness because I actually clicked on the article God forgive me um, it wasn't I would thought you know conservatism might have something to do with brains I don't know some of the people I didn't read too much of it but it was all just pictures that is what conservatism is oh let's judge how hot people are I see hate I, the language that is used on Twitter. We have this great social media, Facebook and Twitter, where you can reach so many people. And what are we sharing? Are we sharing stories of our history? Are we sharing stories of great Americans and great people? Are we encouraging each other? Are we using it as a learning experience to go to my circle of friends and your circle of friends and go, hey, I have this, you know, what do you think of this? And let's engage and debate and let's get each other better. Let me see what you think. What are your grievances? Let me talk to you about them and let's have a conversation. Let's get a message out there. Let's tell the stories of Christ. You know, I know we take everything for granted today. 
But in the history of the world since Jesus Christ, the the ability for one person, one individual, to be able to read the Bible in their own time, in their own space, and in their own convenience, is still a revolutionary idea. Whereas now we're like, before, you could only hear it in a church, and what a priest said, or a pastor, or whatever religion you belong to. Now, you have a Bible. I have six Bibles. I have my good Bible, I have my study Bible, I have my daily missile, I have a Sunday missile. I have a, a, another study Bible which gives more, uh, you know, my Zionist Bible, you know, it tells me the, the Jewish and more Hebrew meanings. I have my Bible online on my tablet where I can read it anytime. We have all this information. You can go onto the internet. Sorry, my Bible online is the Kindle, just in case people were wondering. But you can go online, get verses of the Bible. Are we sharing those stories? You can get all the information. You can get the. I'm guessing you can get them. The Federalist Papers on Kindle. I have them in book format. You can get them. It's so much information. I found a, a new app or a new part of the Kindle where it's free. I get alerts from Amazon and they say these books are now available on Kindle for 99 cents or less. I have a book on Booker T. Washington. I have a book on the founders for all less than 99 cents. 99, it's actually 99 uh, British pence because it's uk. All this access to information. But what are we putting out there? What are we doing? How are we acting? We have incredible advantages today. And we're not using them. So what I'm trying to do, and this isn't for me, this isn't to, for self-promotion, because we didn't tag any of the work we did last week. We did not tag any of it, because it's not about us, or it's not about self-promotion, or, or I did this, and I'm and I, Grace. No, it's about getting a message out there. It's about countering a narrative. Everything we did was unbranded for one reason. So that another show, if they found out, could take it and make it their own. And say, hey, this is my idea. We're going to do a day of love. Hashtag. And help us. It's not about self-promotion. It's not about me, 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 me. It's about getting freedom back. It's not about winning. It's not about winning the election. It's about winning freedoms and making America and in turn our world a better place so from the bottom of my heart thank you to everyone who got involved it was it was incredible to see people get involved at such short notice and thank you to Mary and to Andrew for getting involved we're going to work together on different things I cannot wait to share them with you when it's all finalised I hope you'll get involved because I really mean this if you take nothing from today's show, take this. If America is going to succeed or it's going to be fail, it is going to be because of the same reason. And that is how you, each and every one of you, the American people, act. That is what we must do. And if I can do anything to encourage you, because here's the thing, and I'm going to try and find ways to address this over the coming weeks, the amount of people who think America sucks are, are giving up right now we need to find a way to help our brothers and sisters regardless of who you vote for who are struggling right now to get involved 
It's easy to be down on America right now. It's easy for people to have no hope in America right now. I get it. But we need to share that hope. And I'm hoping the movements who are going to create that hopefully people get involved and hopefully it shares that hope and that it counters the narrative online that says, you know, there are people who believe in America still. There are people who believe in the Constitution still. There are people who know why America was exceptional. And it's not all about winning and fame and fortunes and money and I have a great big business, how great am I? No, it's about your people. Please stay tuned for that. It's like, please consider getting in touch with me on Facebook or Twitter. I'll share all the details with you. All the details are on my site, freedomsdisciple.com. Take as many of them memes as you want. Share them. They're, they're free. They're there to spread a scriptural message. And the next project I think you'll like as well. i got to take a quick break, America. And when I come back, I want to talk to you about America going forward. And I want to have some thoughts I want to share with you about Baton Rouge. Don't go anywhere, America. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I want to, before we get to Baton Rouge, I want to just talk to you about America today. And I would ask you just to close your eyes and just imagine what I'm about to say to you. I want you to close your eyes and imagine. It's Friday, the 20th of January, 2017. And whoever you supported for president is in the White House. Let's not limit ourselves to Trump or Hillary. Let's say Ted Cruz, Rick Perry, Marco Rubio, Bernie Sanders, George Washington. Just pick it up. Ever who you think right now would be the best president, Ronald Reagan, Calvin Coolidge, Abraham Lincoln. They've all gone into the White House. And they have a four-year term. And you agree, everything you pretty much think, they think. There's no differences. They're going to put your agenda forward. I ask you, are America's problems solved? Now, if you say yes, absolutely. All my problems are solved. If I get my president in the White House, America's solved. I don't know what to say to you. God bless you. Um, you might want to listen for the next five minutes. But 
because I think even George Washington and anyone who has listened to this show for any period of time or has read any of my writings online knows I love George Washington. George Washington alone could not solve the problems. By the way, if you do think one person can solve the problems, I would ask you respectfully just to have a conversation with yourself over the weekend or next week when you're listening to this show. If I think one person can solve America's problems, two questions. One, why then do I not believe in a monarch? And two, if one person can solve America's problems and truly make America great again, can they do the same in Ireland? Is that all it takes? That I get that person, bring them over to Ireland, get them Irish citizenship, give them, and um, become Taoiseach, which is our version of a Prime Minister. Is Ireland great then? Is Ireland exceptional? Now, for those who said no, well, Congress has a role. Because, well, it used to be presidents don't really make legislation. They don't draft legislation. That That's Congress's job. I know this president has kind of changed that, but constitutionally, this Congress has a role. Okay. Again, I want you to go really extreme, because I want to make a point to you. There are 536 people in Congress between the House and the Senate. I want you to clone ever who you want there in the White House 536 times. Because I want you to have a VP the exact same, and I want you to have a Senate and a House. The reason I'm doing this is I'm going so far that there's no opposition. It's just to get you to think. Get you in the mindset of going, okay, truly, the person you have in there is the right person in your eyes. They can do anything they want. There's no opposition. Anything they want... They just go to Congress and go, hey, I, I, this is what I want. Go write it up. I'll sign it. Deal done. Are America's problems solved then? First, let me just point out some things for you before you answer. You have to realize that there is a limit on the agenda because of the future elections. Let's just take something simple. Okay, John, well, I got my guy in there or girl and I've got all my Congress. This is the tax policy I want. I want a flat tax. I want a fair tax. I don't want any tax. I want a 20% tax. I want the Reagan tax rates, whatever they are. What's to stop in four years or two years or eight years someone coming in and going, hey, you know what? Well, they had all those powers. I want to bring back FDR's 91% tax rates. I think it was FDR. Apologies if I'm wrong on that. What happens if you said, hey, you know what? We don't need a minimum wage or we need to reduce the minimum wage. If everything's done by politics, then it can be undone or redone with politics. Hey, if I got my guy in there, girl, you know what I would do? I would abolish the EPA. And people like me would go... Amen. But the thing is, in two or four or eight years, it'd be actually four or eight years because that's a presidential thing, the EPA could return stronger and bigger than ever. So I ask you again, 
If you got everything you want passed, would it solve America's problems? I don't think it would. And I'm going to tell you why. And you can agree or disagree with me as you see fit. You see, America was never exceptional because of who you had in the White House. America was never exceptional because of what party ran Congress. America is exceptional in spite of who you had in power. You have had so many presidents. How many have been good? Just think of the presidents you admire. Think of who was a good guy, who, who was a really decent president. Who are the conservative icons? You know, the only ever icon I hear most of is Reagan. and We've spoken about Reagan quite a bit in this show. He was a really good president. Who else would you discuss? Coolidge? Well, there's a hundred years and you've discussed two. Yeah, America has still been exceptional. In spite of having two good presidents in the last hundred years. You may, the minute people who say to me, well, FDR was a good president. I don't know how you can intern your own citizens and strip them of rights and be a good president, but that's just me. No, America has been better and been exceptional because of you, the people. Margaret Thatcher once said, and you've probably heard me say this quote a thousand times, first you win the argument, then you win the election. How many times have you tried to win an argument and then compare it to how many times you've focused on winning an election? Yeah, but yeah, but John, but Trump is better than Hillary. But Trump, but Trump, Hillary's a nightmare. The GOP convention is on this week. How many principles did you hear spoke, spoken by any of the delegates, by any of the speakers? Or did you just hear well, he's better than Hillary, or he's going to make America great again. It's time each of us break the bonds we have with our politicians and with our parties and start fighting for principles. I, for one, am sick and tired of speaking out against what I'm against. And I'm going to try and speak a hell of a lot more about what I'm for. I encourage you to do the same. I haven't changed. I've probably got more libertarian in some of my views over the last 8, 10, 12 years. But the foundations of me haven't changed. I've been always God, always constitution. Always freedom. We need to win the argument on the ground level. Because right now... There are debates going on, very silently, but if, you, if you're online and you're active, you know where these debates are taking place. By members of both sides and both parties who are saying, well, what we need right now is we need to strip people of their rights temporarily. What happens if that happens under a GOP Congress? 
What happens if it's your party, your side, the side you campaign for says, yeah, you know what we need? We need people to not have the right to freedom of speech. Because that could happen. I know the left are going after the freedom of speech right now because their AGs around the country are going, hey, you know what we need to do? We need to draft legislation that if anyone denies climate change, they have to go to jail or pay a fine. I see people on the right going crazy about that, but imagine if the right were the people to do it. Imagine if, because there are people saying this, well, do you know what we need to do? We need to limit the right to assembly. Because that's the problem with these crowds right now. What are you going to do? Because you have two choices. Toe the party line and go, well, it's the right. We're saying it, so I, I better get on board. Or will you say, no, they are fu- these are fundamental rights. These are from God. And I'm going to protect them regardless of who says them and who promotes them. I'm going to stand for the same thing I've stood for and continue to stand for and to try and break down each and every right going forward of why I stand for it. It's life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty and property. The First Amendment. How many people can name how many protections are in the First Amendment today? You know, I love people, and and I really do love them, because I side with you 90% of the time, who are so passionate about the Constitution. And yet they only focus in, well, you know what, we, we, need to, we, need to, we need to win this election to protect the Constitution, because Obama has done so much damage to it. Yes, he has. I've got a pen and I've got a phone. You know who else has done damage to the Constitution? Let me be blunt about it. The GOP. The Patriot Act. The way budgets happen. You think that they haven't harmed the separation of powers, that each body has a has a role to play? You think that them surrendering the power of the purse over the last six years hasn't hurt the Constitution? They've hurt the Constitution just as much. Now, we can focus in on politics and elections if you wish, but potentially the biggest and hardest damage done to the Constitution has been by some of your people through ignorance, through not caring, through not seeing why it's such a revolutionary document in itself I ask you again how many people can name the amount of protections in the First Amendment oh well there's there's freedom of speech uh, there's freedom of religion uh, there's the oh yeah there's there's the one we always never forget well I, I we have a right to a free press you know I can say what I want yeah is there anything else? oh there's the right to assembly oh and there's the right to petition our government there's five protections how many people knew that how many people of your common citizens know that how many people know that the second amendment Actually, the language in there is so crystal clear that gun control arguments should just fall flat on their face. Every attorney general around the country should go, hey, you know what? If you want to change and you want gun control, you have to have a constitutional amendment because, I don't know, the Second Amendment says, uh, shall not be infringed. How many people 
can talk about why the NSA is unconstitutional you haven't got a clue what amendment it violates how many people forget the NSA but how many people say I have a right to be secure in my person and my papers well no one's checking papers John you know I don't care what newspaper you read no well papers today's version of papers is your phone if I send you an email it's from my eyes and your eyes how many people are going, well, I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm not hiding anything. So, of course, the government can check us. I'm not doing anything wrong. I got nothing to hide. Hmm. How many of these arguments have you heard? How many arguments of these have you heard over the last couple of years? Through the media, through politicians. And how do you solve those arguments? Is it a simple case of just changing the media, which you'll never do? The, I, as long as I've been alive and longer, the media have had far too much power. Hello, Walter Conkrite and Vietnam. If you don't get that reference, send me a tweet. I'll tell you what it is. How many people think just changing politicians will solve it or how many times do you think the answer is your people that coming together and having these debates in small groups in tea party meetings reaching across the aisle not on politics basis not with a hook that says hey I'm trying to get you to vote for Trump or, or vote for Ted Cruz or, or vote for this person in Congress I just want to talk to you about principles And then it gets to the tricky issues. After we discuss what principles we follow and what rights we follow, how do you talk to people about cop brutality? And I don't mean cops brutalizing people, I mean people assassinating cops. The brutality on the cops. How do you talk to them about the rule of law? How do you change hearts and minds? Do we think electing a politician into the White House or to Congress is going to solve the chaos that's on the streets? The hate? The anger? Do you think electing your president and your Congress would get the media and, and certain fractions to say, you know what, saying all lives matter is not controversial. Do you think that's going to happen? Or do you think the change needs to be at the ground I would ask you to think about those couple of statements and them couple of questions while I take another quick break and I'll be right back don't go anywhere America you're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. 
Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. Available August 2nd. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash liars. versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. And then we get to the part of the show that, honestly, I've been dreading. Last Sunday, unless you were living under a, a rock or all week or you just don't watch TV at all, you would have heard the news that three more police were shot dead and three more are in hospital after a shooting in Baton Rouge. I'm not going to even name the gunman's name because I don't want to even give him that even ounce of respect. You can find it wherever if you Google search it easily enough. I've been blessed to be on radio all week with... uh, I've been covering for my brother Andrew on his radio show. And Monday's show was one of the hardest shows I've ever had to do. It was the same Friday two weeks ago. What do you say on a radio show? What do you say right now on a podcast when you're talking about three dead policemen? Three policemen who were assassinated. They were assassinated because they chose to serve people. How do you solve this problem? How do you solve this problem in the society we live in in 2016 that so does not respect life? How do you change the narrative of from one of hate and anger and no justice, no peace, crap, to one of love, to one of reaching out? to one of support for our brothers and sisters who wear blue how can you have a debate with anyone who does not respect life how can you have a debate in a society where if you dare utter the words all lives matter you're called a racist a bigot a hater where we're all supposed to kowtow to well we're going to pick one section of society over another Do black lives matter? Absolutely. Do white lives matter? Absolutely. Do Asian lives matter? Absolutely. Do gay lives matter? Straight lives matter? Rich lives? Poor lives? Fat lives? Skinny lives? Do all lives matter? Absolutely. I don't see us changing the media, and I sure as hell don't see us changing politics anytime soon. 
we need to be the ones to change the narrative. We have all the tools we need on social media. First thing I think we need to do is we need to stand with the cops. Because I want to read something out to you in case you hadn't seen it. Montel Jack, Montreal Jackson, I apologize, sir, was one of the police officers murdered, assassinated in Baton Rouge. And he took to his Facebook profile a couple of days before he was shot. And he penned something that I want to share because I can imagine these feelings that he wrote about are pretty much how all cops feel right now. Maybe worse, maybe slightly better, but this pretty much sums it up perfectly. And I quote, it's from July 8th at half 11 in the morning. I'm tired physically and emotionally. Disappointed in some family and friends and officers for some reckless comments. But hey, what's in your heart is in your heart. I still love you because hate takes too much energy. But I definitely won't be looking at you the same. Thank you to everyone that has reached out to me or my wife. It was needed and much appreciated. I swear to God I love this city. But I wonder if this city loves me. In uniform I get nasty hateful looks. And out of uniform some consider me a threat. I've experienced so much in my short life and these last three days have tested me to the core. When people you know begin to question your integrity, you realize they don't know you at all. Look at my actions. They speak loud and clear. Finally, I want to personally send out prayers to everyone directly affected by this tragedy. These are trying times. Please don't let hate infect your heart. This city must and will get better. I'm working in these streets, so any protesters, officers, friends, family, or whoever, if you've seen me and need a hug or want to say a prayer, I got you. That is Montreal Jackson. Rest in peace, brother. If you want to change... The perception of police officers. We must be the ones to do it. What I found so incredible with that message. As I read it. Was he's getting all the hate. He's a black policeman. And yeah he took the time to say. If you need a hug or a prayer I got you. He's the one who needs the support. And he's offering support for others. And why are we targeting these men and women? Because they had the audacity to say, you know what? I want to make a difference in my area, my community, my city. I want to serve others. I'm going to risk my life to protect people, regardless of how you feel about me. I'm going to work long hours, sometimes in the rain, 
sometimes in the cold, sometimes in the really, really hot weather, knowing that at any time I'm a target to help and serve my community. For this outrageous action, people now say, I'm going to assassinate you. And there's no outrage from a lot of sections in society. And when people do comment, it's weak. It's set emotionless. It's like the reading, I don't know, the weather. It's just bland. They could be they could be reading out a recipe for, I don't know, casserole, the way they talk. It's easy to hate. It's easy to get angry. We must be the ones that counter this narrative. Because how would you feel if you were a police person, a police officer in Boutin Rouge or Dallas or anywhere around the country right now? You know, we live in a world where people don't like to work, you know, and so, oh, oh t- you know, in two days it's Monday. Oh, it's so hard. I think I, I, <coughs> I feel sick. I don't want to go to work on Monday. How do you think these people feel every day right now? How do you think they feel every time they say goodbye to their to their loved ones, to their wives or husbands or partners or kids, grandkids, cousins, knowing that it could be their last time? That is why I finished the show last week. I tried my best, with my knowledge of my friends who serve, to highlight how their lives are so much more extraordinary than ours. If you can and you're in an opportunity, today and every day, if you see a cop, shake their hand, say a prayer for them, give them a hug, or just let them know you've got their back. Just say thank you. Because regardless of what you think about them, they have your back. They have your back. And they want to make a difference. They want to serve. And to the Black Lives Matter, I have no idea where to start. But I have some brief thoughts I just want to share with you. Again, these are not thoughts for politics or media change. These are for, we have to change them on the ground, on the grassroots. We need to win the arguments. I think we need to find a way, and I don't know how, where we distinguish the person and the action. Sadly, today in 2016, we live in this world where we only judge the person by the action. We don't separate them. As a Christian, I am taught, always love the sinner, but hate the sin. Today, if you look at this and you say, hey, I'm against gay marriage. Apparently, I hate gays. If you call out Islamists, I hate Muslims. Second thing we need to do 
And this is where we need a lot of self-reflection. And I think everyone needs to do this on all sides. And we need to understand that perception can be and sometimes is quite different to reality. You can live the best life you can be, be the best person you can be. But because we don't deal sometimes in reality, we deal in perception. Other people might see things a different way. And if we never talk or, or walk across that bridge and, and listen to how they perceive us, right or wrong, we'll never cross that divide, never overcome it. I had this recently, you, you might find this funny. It was my mother's birthday a couple of weeks ago. I, I can't remember if I told you this on air. But my uh, uncle came. And I don't see him that often. I don't have much, I don't have much communication with him. Um, we're just not a... We're just not too close. Um, my family's up. My heart's always in America, and we don't share much in common. Um, but he thought I was. A, he said, "I bet you're glad Trump's the nominee, huh?" And I kind of went, "You perceive me to be a Trump supporter on your interactions with me over years. You clearly don't know me. The amount of times I get told I'm for big business and yeah, I'm a free market capitalist. They're just some short examples of perception been different to be reality." third thing I think we need to do people are not going to like this I've said this to a few people privately they think it's an apology, it's not I think we need to have a bit more empathy look at what happened in the terrorist attack in Nice and how people responded some went online and had a French flag and some people had this Eiffel Tower with it crying we all said sorry some people signed a book of condolence over here you go to a funeral someone dies, I don't know what you say over there or how you act in different faiths, but over here, one of the things you say when you go to a funeral is you shake someone's hand or you hug them and say I'm sorry for your loss maybe if we could be more empathetic towards people and say, look, I don't know what you went through or what your family went through, listen to them and then say, I'm sorry, that's wrong that's not right, slavery is never right be factual be honest but try and help overcome that divide and lastly because I've said this to a few people one of the things I've said one is an apology it's not it can be just empathetic some of the things that happened in your nation and in other nations it's not just an American thing slavery is going back thousands of years but some people have already started saying, well, look, John, that sounds great, and all in reality, it wouldn't do any good. I'm sorry, I reject that. I think that's a cop-out. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I follow scriptures. I believe, as a Christian, my job is to do good and leave the rest in the hands of God. I don't want to live in a world where people poll test or analyze good deeds and then say well it will work do it if it doesn't don't can you imagine living in that world how horrible that would be it would be horrible 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 we're called to do good do good and leave rest in the hands of God whether it fails or whether it succeeds do your part play your role 
But I know this. And this I can say with the surety that there is a God on earth. A God in heaven. And a God that loves us. You miss 100% of the shots you never take. You miss 100% of the opportunities you never reach out for. Or strive for. Or hope and guess. You miss each and every one of them because you've done nothing. However, if you act, sure you might fail. You might succeed. Or you might have a, a, a small win or a modest achievement. But the rest is in the hands of God. Do the right thing always. And if you don't believe in God, then be follow the example of your founders. When your founders started the revolution, they weren't going to win. Just think of that. If if you if the founders used your logic, saying, "Well, it'll never do anything. It'll never achieve anything. It wouldn't do any good." Imagine if your founders thought that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to beat the British, the Hessians. Yeah, in what world do you live in? You did it because you did. Your founders did their part. And prayed to God and made your country a Judeo Christian nation and stood for something. I gotta take one last quick break, America. When we get back, there's one last subject I wanna talk to you about. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Sexton. You're never 100% sure of really anything, are you? Anything that's reported. I mean, I could sit around here all day. It would be the height of sophistry, but I could do it all. Do you really know? Well, we can never. Or were you there, man? Did you see it? Do you really know? And this is childish, except children have a greater sense, usually, of honesty and integrity than many adults immediately. Buck Sexton. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope today's show has given you plenty of food for thought. As always, I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple, on Facebook at Freedom's Disciple. I love it when you reach out and interact and tell me where you disagree with me. And sometimes in a respectful way, it's great. Sometimes people aren't so respectful. They think I'm full of ball or I shouldn't be interfering but I appreciate anyone who listens and interacts with me um, I'm sometimes slowed at getting back but I always will I always try my best I want to finish up today's show with one story and one message the story blew my mind and it fits in very well with what we've been speaking about today anyone who listens to this show I'm guessing knows what's in Arlington National Cemetery. I'm guessing most people who listen to the show, if not all, know that when you go to Arlington National Cemetery, there's a respect involved. That they are hollowed grounds. 
and that you would act with a certain respect, you would act in a certain decorum, and you wouldn't do certain things. I'm also guessing most people know what the Holocaust Museum is. And I'm guessing you kind of would think that those two, Arlington National Cemetery and the Holocaust Museum, you kind of act a certain way and share a certain respect, and it's kind of similar. However, both of these organizations had to issue a press release, excuse me, this week. And what was the press release about? This shows you how crazy 2016 is. It basically said, please don't play Pokemon on our grounds. I want to read out the the press releases for you. Arlington National Cemetery. Out of respect for all those interned at Arlington National Cemetery, we require the highest level of decorum from our guests and visitors. Playing games such as Pokemon Go on these hallowed grounds would not be deemed appropriate. We request that visitors to the ANC refrain from such activities. The Holocaust Museum. Playing Pokemon Go in a memorial dedicated to the victims of Nazism is extremely inappropriate. We are attempting to have the museum removed from the game. While technology can be an important learning tool, this game falls far outside our educational and memorial mission. You want to talk about ethics and you want to talk about principles. How do you solve this? Do you solve it by some piece of legislation? Do you solve it by some executive order? Do you solve it by some great Supreme Court decision? Do you solve it by states' rights? Or do you solve it by having a grassroots conversation with people who think, hey, I'm in Arlington National Cemetery, you know what would be really cool right now? (gasps) I'm going to play Pokemon Go! We need principles and ethics in this world now more than ever before. Because they are such on short a supply. I'm trying to hold in my temper right now because I I literally feel when I read this every time I could lose it. We need to share our respects and share our passion with our fellow with your fellow citizens and with people who are my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. There are certain things you just don't do. They just can't be taught. It's just called, I don't know, common sense. I'm in Arlington National Cemetery with people buried there who fought and died for your country. Who are buried under stars of David and under a cross. They risked it all. And I don't know, playing Pokemon Go might not be the best way to say, hey, thank you for your service. Or how about we go to the Holocaust Museum where we learn where one evil dictatorial tyrant said, you know what? I'm going to kill people. And I'm not only going to kill people, I'm going to put them in a gas chamber. 
Oh, but let me get my phone to like play Pokemon Go. What I learned about the people who died in a gas chamber. I don't know how we get there. I don't have any answers. I wish I had a magic wand. It would be so cool to have a magic wand just to have all these problems go away. But I don't see any legislation or a president changing this. This must come from within. It must come from the grassroots. It must come from us having conversations. From raising kids the right way. The hey, playing Pokemon Go is not a cool thing to do. But hey, maybe I'm just an old fuddy-duddy. I feel very old lately. Maybe I'm just not young and hip anymore. Maybe I long for a world that doesn't exist anymore where we actually had respect for heroes. For those who think change is impossible, that might think this is an easy job or it's an impossible job. Change can happen quickly. Technology has changed overnight and continues to change and evolve. Attitudes change overnight. I'm not that old. I'm only in my early 30s still. I'm still young and hip. I still remember a time when when I was growing up, a police officer was respected with yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. Sadly, it's changed so quickly that in my lifetime it's gone from that to you know what's really cool if we go out in the street and we have these slogans we'll call them the p word and say pee in a blanket fry like bacon that can change back just as quick respect can be earned today it's not going to be easy but if we look in the right places and follow the right actions we can have that change but hey, there are a section of people who listen and go, ah, just, just vote Trump, or Trump's better than Hillary, or just vote in the election in November and it'll solve everything. If that's your opinion, good for you. I wish you well. I'm sorry I can't join you. I want to finish up with something I want to talk to you about, because... I want it to get really personal. I want to finish this show because it's been an emotional show for you. I hope it's come across in my voice because I'm, I'm just going to say this to you. I'm seeing some of my friends online give up. Some of my friends retreat. Some of my family just go, you know what's easier if I say nothing? It, it just doesn't cause any aggravation for me or other people involved. I'm not going to judge anyone if that's your course in life. God has a plan for each of us. But I ain't giving up. It is so cool to hate America right now. I'm seeing it from the far left and the far right. Oh, America sucks. Yeah, right. I only wish you could see America from my eyes. If you ever want to see a nation that sucks, you come and talk to me and I'll tell you. I'll give you plenty of a list of nations that truly suck. 
Let me tell you, America ain't even on the list. It ain't even on the reserve list. I'm getting sick and tired of left and right. I can't say that word. Disrespecting the nation I love. If you don't love it, fine. But at least have some common sense and dignity and, I don't know, self-awareness of the world you live in. That you are still better off than 90% of the rest of the world. I can only speak for me, but I ain't giving up. I'm more determined right here, right now, than I have ever been. I am determined to stand for what I know is morally right. And you can put me in a gulag or you can try and shut me up. I will never shut up. While there is air left in my lungs, I ain't giving up. Because we are called to stand. And I am obeying that call to the letter. And I am going to link arms with anyone. I don't care if there's one person beside me, ten people beside me, or a hundred people. Arms with everyone I can find. Because the media, the politicians must know it ain't free reign. It ain't over. That there is enough of your people to make a difference. The Revolutionary War didn't have every American beside it standing for it. It was about 30% of the people who thought America should declare its independence. So don't tell me change can't happen with a minority of people. I finished today with a verse from Scripture. And it's so apt for right now. Because I see so many people turning from God. God's not cool anymore, apparently. I see all these modern-day Christians who just accept everything. And this scripture is from the prophet Micah. And I quote, My people, what have I done to you? How have I been a burden to you? Answer me. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I rescued you from the house of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you. Can you imagine what God must think right now? Can you imagine how, what he is saying to us going, how, how, to Americans, how have I been a burden to you? I gave you the greatest nation ever. I helped your people come freer than they have ever been free before. And yet now because it's social norms and political correctness, it's not cool or hip to worship me. God has given us everything and how are we repaying him? But if you follow on later on down in that letter, you read the solution. And this is why I give it to you. Because the answer has been given to us the whole time. This is what the Lord asks us to do in return. To act justly. To love tenderly. And to walk humbly with God. That is all he asks us to do. Can you imagine a world today. If everyone or a majority of Christians. Acted justly. Loved tenderly. 
and walked humbly with their God. My God, could you imagine the change? We must find a way. America must win this war. Freedom must win this war. I still have so much hope for your nation. You still have so much untapped potential. If you do the right things. And for the right reasons. Together, let us stand. And I am proud to link arms with anyone I can. And share a vision for a brighter America. Not based on one where a certain person's in the White House for four or eight years. Or not one that's based on a certain party controlling Congress. But a nation that was like your founder's vision. A nation based on principles. And not principles for one section of society over another. A set of principles set for all. Because when you boy break us all down, we all are one blood. We all bleed the same. We all are created equal. We are one. Let us stand as one. For the rule of law, for principles, for liberty, for the Bill of Rights, for the Constitution, for the American dream. And let us share those messages with all our brothers and sisters in Christ who are Jewish, who are Muslim, who are atheists, or whatever you are. Let us share those principles because these principles are eternal and whether you like it or not, they still work. They still work today if we follow them. Let us be part of the generation that reinvigorates, re-encourages, re-inspires, re-educates re-empowers the American people to break the bonds once again with their fellow man and with their government and to be in full control of their own lives to live free to prosper like no other nation and to be once again that beacon of light for the rest of the world And to our brothers and sisters who are listening to me right now, who are down or are hurting or in pain or lost, who think everything I just said is not possible, it might sound great, but it, it's just not possible. Let us work together and console them and put our arms around them and understand that they are weary, tired and hurting, but put their arm around your shoulder and prop them up and say, I know, I'll carry you right now. I'll help you. I'll help you and comfort you and bring you closer to Jesus, to God, to freedom, to principles. Let us be the hope for our brothers and sisters who are hurting and let them get stronger and get better and then let's unite even stronger and be a hope for other Americans and for the rest of the world. We can do this. We must do this. Until next week, America, I salute your police as always, your firefighters, your emergency personnel and your vets. The people who day in and day out put it all on the line for people whether they like them or not. 
and most importantly I salute you the American people it'll be each and every one of you doing small and little things that come together to make America exceptional once again never forget that God bless you and God bless America Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand The Blaze Radio Network 